please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Good morning. Time now for the Elder Law Report on this Friday, the 8th of April. And with us in the studio today is uh, Greg McIntyre. We're going to get Hayden Soloway on the telephone here. Greg, good morning to you. Good morning, Milton. I'm still a little off balance this morning. Uh, you know, it's it's Friday, which is great, but but Hayden keeps taking off and going to the beach on Fridays. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna put her to work here. We're gonna get her on the telephone. That's here. right. That's right. She loves the show so much. She she calls in, or we call her, and and, and counsel her in. She's doing. So, I think she's down at, at at a beach house today, just having having a little fun in the sun. I think so. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, you know, we, we, we're lucky to, to have Lynn Byers here. Lynn Byers is a chaplain at, uh, at the hospital here in the area, which is Carolina's Medical Center. Carolina's Healthcare System. Carolina's Cleveland Healthcare Center. And Kings Mountain. Say that again, Lynn. Carolina's Healthcare System, Cleveland and Kings Mountain. Carolina's Healthcare System, Cleveland and Kings Mountain. Uh, I always just call it the Shelby Hospital, okay? Mm-hmm. That's where I was born. Um, and we're lucky to have him here this morning to talk about National Healthcare Decisions Day. National Healthcare Decisions Day is coming up uh, on Thursday, April 14th. And we're going to really get into that. We're just, I just wanted to touch on it a little bit just to introduce Lynn and uh, talk about the topic a little bit. You know, need to start thinking about what you would do if heaven forbid you got into a little bit of a pickle where where you had some downtime with um, a healthcare scare or situation and who if you were unable to make important healthcare decisions would make those decisions for you i know when i have the flu for 24 hours i don't feel like making any decisions uh, imagine a major healthcare uh, incident at the hospital and you're at the hospital who's going to come in and make those really important decisions for you and we'll talk about the importance we'll, we'll really really explore that issue in depth here shortly um are, are do we have hayden we're trying to get her here we're, trying we're, to get her we're, we're getting hayden okay all right working so, on it so lynn um thank you for being here today well, glad to be here, Greg. Good Absolutely. To see you. Absolutely. Um, and I know we have done the National Healthcare Decision today in the past and participated in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different uh, members of the Journey program and different businesses in general who will, and, and healthcare providers who will come in and do free signings of healthcare directives. Healthcare power of attorneys and living wills. 
Um, we'll do both those for free at various <laughs> locations. And check in your community. Lynn, we span 16 counties with our radio show. So it's not just Cleveland County. Um, so there's probably someone in your community that is doing something similar. And check with perhaps your local uh, hospital uh, to see who is doing those free health care powers of attorneys and living wills um, uh, so that you can go ahead and make sure you have those documents in place. There's a great flyer that I'm looking at, and we'll post that up on our website, and that shows specifically uh, who is um, going to be doing the signings. Tell us a little bit about that, Lynn. All right. Well, the National Healthcare Decisions Day is truly national. It's a national day set aside uh, across the country by healthcare providers to encourage folks to do advanced directives. Uh, and in our area, the Carolinas healthcare system, any hospital that has the Tree of Life as part of its logo uh, is participating in uh, in National Healthcare Decisions Day. So if you have a 16 county area, uh, then the hospitals in those counties that are associated with the Carolinas healthcare system will be providing services on National Healthcare Decisions Day or they will be hooked up with people who will know. Okay, that that's great. So so consult with your local hospital to find out. Here in Cleveland County, I know we're going to be uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's really initiated through the Journey Program, mm -hmm. which you're a, a board member of, I'm a board member of, and mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of other health care providers that are board members of that Journey Program yes. as well. And so... On Thursday, April 14th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., you can go to Brookdale in Shelby, which mm -hmm. is on Marion Street, just mm -hmm. past the Country Club, mm -hmm. um, and is an assisted living uh, home, a very nice place. Mm -hmm. Go check that place out, number one. Um, and also, uh, get those health care directives put in place. Carolina's healthcare system, Cleveland County. So at the hospital this year, mm -hmm. doing those as well. In the main lobby. In the main lobby, okay. You can also go to the Neal Senior Center mm -hmm. in Shelby, mm -hmm. um, and they will be doing them there. Um, or the NC Cooperative Extension mm -hmm. uh, can do it there. Also at the Patrick Senior Center in mm -hmm. Kings Mountain mm -hmm. will be providing that service. Also, Summit Place in Kings Mountain will be providing mm -hmm. that service. Mm -hmm. So, um, why, Lynn? Now, you've been over at the hospital for how many years in a chapel uh, there? 40. 40 years. 40 years, yeah. Wow. 40 years. <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is no short period of time. <laughs> no, it's a long time. That's a lot of experience that you have. Yes. Um, and you're still so, I mean, yeah. Looks like I'm still be, there. Still there. Yeah, still, yes. still so active, right? Yes, that's and, right. And uh, yeah, so 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 tell me about uh, why, in your experience, is it important for someone to have a lot of what I've learned about healthcare powers of attorneys and the reasons why you need to have them. By the way, I think I've probably picked up from you because well, of all the stories that you. Glad, told. glad of that. So what what do you think? Why well, why is that important? Uh, when I first started uh, CPR, breathing machines, tube feeding, kidney dialysis, they they were just coming on board. Uh, 
prior to that, we didn't have all of that stuff. But since then, we've had that stuff. And once you start using those life uh, support interventions, uh, sometimes they work and you don't need to make any decisions. Sometimes, despite using them, there are no decisions to make because a person moves on. But in a large category, people don't get better uh, and they don't go on to glory. They're stuck. And somebody's got to make a decision. And uh, we've had for really about 30 years, we've been dealing with this uh, almost on a weekly, sometimes it feels like a daily basis. And it boils down to this. Families, uh, some families say to us, we can't make that decision. We know that this stuff is not working. We know that our loved one can't wake up or get better, but we just can't make that decision. So in those situations, if there had been a living will done by that person that said, I don't want to be stuck in this situation, or if there had been a healthcare power of attorney and someone who said, yeah, I'll make that decision for you. That'll be tough. I won't, I'll hate doing it, but to support your wishes, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. If this had been done ahead of time, then we hope to think we could save a lot of uh, despair and agony on the part of families in these situations. Just we assume that everybody knows these things, and I know we deal with them every day, but let's just tell everybody that's listening in case you're wondering, what's the difference between a living will and a health care power of attorney? Okay. Does a living will help me pass property? No. No? no then no. why is it called a will? It's called a will, isn't it? Because it was, it was, uh, its full name is a I hate, I don't, I do not like that name, by the way. Well, I, I bet you a, don't. No one a, likes that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really nice way of saying it's really a dying will. I mean, to be frank about it. It's a declaration it. of a desire for a natural death. Correct. Correct. And it started uh, in, across uh, the nation in our state in the 70s because people realized, well, they've, they've got all these new tricks up their sleeve, all these new things to use. They'll start using them, and they won't ever let us go. They'll just keep us stuck there. That was the original fear. So the living will originally was designed to uh, to let us say, I don't want to be stuck on machines. Let me go naturally. Right. It's a declaration of a desire for a natural death. So we know why you don't like that. Yeah. It, and it got shorted down to a living will, which the biggest confusion about a living will is it has nothing to do with property it's about health care. It's about healthcare. it's about it's about health care. It's about that end of life decision mm-hmm. when someone is terminal, incurable, uh, brain death has occurred, for instance, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're or being maintained by life deme- support. Or dementia has is coming on sure as a part of their life. Sure, sure. And is that something that in that situation do you want to be continually maintained? Do you want to put that guilt-ridden decision on your kids, mm-hmm. on your grandkids to make that decision for you, on your husband, on your wife? Or do you want, because I think I would have a hard time making that decision for my parents, and I hope it's not a bridge I have to cross, but so many families and family members have to make that decision mm-hmm. for their parents. And it's mm-hmm. a very, very hard decision to make. I couldn't imagine it, okay? Um, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, while you know you while you're competent while you're coherent while you know what you're doing and and you you know you can 
make that decision for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's an act of love for your loved ones because you're really protecting them from from pretty dangerous territory to be in. Um, there's, you know, there's no way around it. Whenever death becomes a part of our story or our family's story, that's a difficult moment in 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 our journey together. And then when our journeys go separate ways for a while. Uh, but whenever you introduce having to make a decision that anyone feels like has anything to do with the dying process, then that's a, it's really toxic. I mean, it's like uh, something that creeps in and really messes you your spirit up. Uh, well, it's, I've, it's, yeah. Some people ask me five or ten years later after some of the situations a long time ago, did I kill mama, uh, did I kill daddy by saying, let's not use the life support anymore? I said, no, huh? Whatever was wrong with them physically, whatever illness they had that we couldn't change, we couldn't undo the damage of that, that's what took their life. You just tried to make a decision that was the best way to love them and care for them in a terrible place. But, you know, that's hope to reframe what they're feeling but in their heart of hearts they feel this decisions mixed with grief is a very dangerous combination for us we just don't like don't like to have to do it and the only way I can protect my family or you can protect your family is to make sure they know this is my decision I want to save you from having to make it and I want to let you know mine and that's what the living will is designed to do ahead of time we can put this down while we're thinking about it. While we're not even at the hospital, we're not involved in any kind of health care issue. We can just do it. And that's why on Decisions Day, we hope people will come in from the community uh, to these sites that we have and just, just do a living will or the health care power of attorney. Uh, while they're feeling good and everything's fine and life is normal, because the days will come the day will come when we have to deal with this and that that I wish we could figure a way to get around but it can't be done it's a fact of having life support sometimes we have to make decisions about it and if I've not made mine then the people who love me got to make it and they're in trouble and you've been around since this discussion and really at the ground floor beginnings of these discussions as you were saying that fascinates me i'd like to talk about that for a second because you know medical technologies in the 70s was advancing so that we were able to mm -hmm. keep people on life support or maintain their lives mm -hmm. even though mentally they may have been you know not aware or they may have moved on or be mm -hmm. be stuck as you put yes. it i like how you put it they're stuck yeah. and that became a problem that needed to be solved, and you were part of that, I guess, solving that problem and mm -hmm. seeing that problem come along. Yeah, if you go back 32, 3, 4 years, I didn't even know the living will existed. But what I did know was that we had families at the hospital who had this question put to them. So, we say we've tried the things we know to try we don't think we can make any difference and we can't save your loved one's life 
but we got this uh, breathing machine going on, or we've been shocking the heart repeatedly. Uh, we want to ask your help in making the decision to take the breathing machine away or to stop shocking the heart. And it's like people being, if you could imagine what people would look like if you hit them in the belly with a two by four, it was excruciating. And as a chaplain, you see that and you say, oh my God, there's got to be something to do to try to save us from this agony, to get prepared for it and get around it if we can. That's when I heard about Living Wheels and that's when I became a big fan of Living Wheels because I can protect my family, you can protect your family, all of our listeners can do things to protect their family. Uh, everybody wants to die in their sleep and wake up in heaven and maybe one in five or one in four of us will have that wish come true. The rest of us will be involved with hospitals, will be involved with these life support modalities and decisions will be a part of it. And it's just, it's just grown since that time, but it started with seeing people were just absolutely blitzed by having to deal with this with no preparation, no clue about what to do. You know, think about how bad it is to make a decision when you've got an idea of what the decision's about. But then think about a decision for a human being you love, precious to you, but you don't really know what they want you to do, what they would say. And that's the thing that we determined all those years ago. All of us wanted to know, the doctor, the nurse, the family, the chaplain, everybody, what does that person in the bed want us to know? By that point, we were, were not ever going to know. You had a unique way of looking at these situations that you explained and expressed in a journey group meeting that really stuck with me and that I've communicated to others. Uh -huh. I think that, especially younger generations, mm -hmm. think that it's always been this way, that these decisions have always had to be made, mm -hmm. that we've got to keep dragging on you know, anything we can do mm -hmm. to save, you know, whatever measures, by whatever mm -hmm. means possible. Mm -hmm. And me this medical technology has always been there. That's just not true. Mm -hmm. Things that used to take us out of this world mm -hmm. now don't necessarily. But, I don't know, you express it much, much better and less bluntly than I could probably put it. How about that? Uh, I don't know about that, but we'll try okay. uh, saying this. Uh, uh, in the 60s, both of uh, I lost uh, three grandparents. They died. And it was a family experience. Uh, two grandfathers died of a loan process at home, taken care uh, by the family with minimal input from doctor and hospital. Uh, grandmother died rather suddenly. Uh, but I contrast that picture with the picture that we see today. And there were no decisions to be made. Really, what we said and what I was taught as a young person and a teenager is that God's in charge and he'll take care of it. And all we got to do is just trust him. This is life. And death is a part of life. And that kind of natural progression under God's care um, was um, that that worked you know nobody had any decisions to make nobody had any burdens to to carry forward 
But in, you know, 15 years later, everybody's carrying burdens. Everybody's got these decisions. The wonderful thing about all these uh, life support uh, interventions that we have is that they work. And when they save a person's life or help a person live longer or help a person stay with their loved ones, and nobody complaining about that. We're all tickled. We're all really happy. Absolutely. But they don't always accomplish that. And then we got to look at the hard decision associated with that. And what's happened over the last 15 years uh, seems to be that the doctors and nurses want us to understand there's limits to what we can do, y'all. You know, if we are honestly saying to you, we can't make a difference here to get your loved one better or have your loved one wake up from a brain injury, we really are telling you the truth. But it's become very hard for folks to believe the medical team because what's happened is we built up a belief that they're, they're always going to be able. Uh, I was at a meeting in Charlotte a few months ago on a trauma physician down there explained uh, it was a meeting where providers got together to talk about the difficulty of dealing with this with people who don't believe them when we say we've done all we can do because he was trying to explain to a family who had come in uh, to CMC we have done all we can do but that person just said straight out to him wait a minute you're a major trauma center you're never supposed to be able to say you've done all you can do and that attitude seems to be really prevalent where people don't believe their limits to health care. But health care is trying to scream, ouch, we can only do so much. We can only do so much, and then we have to make decisions. And you have to help us make those decisions, and we want you to be prepared for that because we know that's a terribly difficult thing that we're asking you to do to help us know what's the right thing to do for somebody you love. Absolutely. I'm fascinated. I don't know if the listeners out there are. I'm sure they <laughs> well, are. Thank you, I am Greg. fascinated by your experience and everything. Oh, Hayden, I think, has been waiting patiently on the line. Um, so that was Living uh, Wills. Hayden, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Can you hear me? Yes. You did, did you just okay, uh, I you call it? Are you, are you still at the beach? I am sitting on the front porch. Sitting on the front porch. Well, mm-hmm. well we're here with, with Lynn and... And Hayden, you go to the journey meetings on a regular basis as well. I'm new to that group and absolutely love it. I love what they do, respect the history in this group and what they have done for the community. And I listen to Lynn talk about all the things that I'm dealing with now, you know, with my parents who have all had health issues. And something you said a while ago about, you know, the, the trauma units and the people expecting miracles. And the song, Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven, but Nobody Wants to Go Now. You know, we're all going to get there. It's just how. And my father has a living will, so he made the decision about that for me. But he also has a health care care power of attorney in which he has allowed me to have some discretion to override that if I see the need for that. So I'm, I'm blessed at having had my parents do that for me. Good. Well, Hayden, Hayden brings up a great point. And, Hayden, we're going to do uh, Hayden's uh, happy place this morning. But we're going to do it at the end, I think, okay? Let's do it at the well, end. It, well, let's do end on a happy note. I think let's that's end a on a happy idea. note because it's a somber subject we're talking today, about today, but a, but a historical subject 
uh, an amazing subject and, and probably one of the most important subjects that we'll ever deal with, really focusing on National Health Care Decisions Day, getting everyone out there to make those decisions uh, and free of charge at places in your community, okay? Um, and and go ahead and put in place that living will, which we just explored in depth with expert and chaplain Lynn Byers. Um, well, thank you. And, and let's, so let's contrast that, Lynn. Let's now talk about the health care power of attorney. So you and I, I think, know what that is and why that's different from the living will. But I'd like for everybody else to know a little bit about what we know. So okay. What's the difference? Uh, the health, uh, the living will, uh, with the living will, you say what you want done if you can't wake up, you can't get better, or maybe your when your dementia advances to a place that you might not know yourself or your loved ones. The living will, I mean, the health care power of attorney answers the question, who, who do you want to make decisions for you if you can't make them yourself? And most people say, well, that's my wife, that's my spouse, or if not them, then my children. Uh, but there are people who who don't have a clear-cut person. So with a health care power of attorney, they get to name a friend or a particular member of their family, somebody they know that they've told their wishes. This person knows what I want, and this person will carry it out. Like Hayden just mentioned, her, her dad's told her what he wants, but she has the authority to carry that out. And in real time with real decisions, it's hard on a sheet of paper like a living wheel to imagine everything that comes up. But if you have a health care power of attorney, then you've got a person who knows your wishes and who can dialogue with the health care providers about what makes sense in line with your wishes. There's still some decision-making to done, but not anything like the excruciating stuff that we that we were talking about previously because she does know what he wants. Uh, so the health care power of attorney provides us a person to talk to. That's its traditional role. Uh, right now what we're experiencing is uh, an increase in doing health care powers of attorney even when people are married. Now I know that they don't need a health care power of attorney. The law provides that for example, my wife is my health care power of attorney. Your wife is your health care power sure. of attorney, and vice versa. Right. There's, as, we as got state laws. As long as she's not mad at me, I'm 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 good with that. Well, I hear you. I understand that too. But we're all still learning about the the wisdom here. Uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Sorry to take you off track. Oh, that's that. all right. It's not hard to get me off track. So even the, though the law says that your husband Thank or you. wife are a power of attorney. It's still extremely important to have that document in place. There yes, are a number of reasons you. for that. Yes, because there are, although we know in the hospital what the law is, and we follow it all the time, we look for the spouse, then we look for the children, then we look for the other folks, or we look to the person that, uh, that, that you've, the person you live with for 20 years, but you just never got married. That person's on that list, too. Uh, but if uh, that person's on the list that you live with for 20 years, they're at the bottom of the list. If you want them at the top of the list, you need to do a health care power of attorney naming them as your tr trusted and chosen person. What we're finding and reason we're having to do more health care power of attorneys 
is that there are organizations out there in the community that even though we have the state law, that's not sufficient for them. They want to have a sheet of paper that says Mrs. McIntyre can represent you. They want to have that paper. And it's getting more and more difficult to get health care information, even from us. How about medical records or transferring from one facility to another? Med to, get, to get medical records from us without some sheet of paper. In other words, if my wife went to try to get medical records about me at our medical re uh, records department and didn't have something to show for them, she might, uh, a piece of paper. HIPAA laws, right? Healthcare power of attorney. Right. Then she might face uh, probably she wouldn't be able to get them. Right. So that's that's another reason why the healthcare power of attorney paper is more important so that we can get information from healthcare providers or from institutions and some healthcare organizations just literally feel more comfortable seeing a piece of paper. It's a liability issue. With HIPAA laws, it's a liability issue. They, they want to make sure that they're making the right decision and that your wife's not estranged from you or mad at you or anything and shouldn't be making your healthcare decisions, right? Yeah. Just trying right. to to uh, you know, yeah. make the wrong decision so she can go ahead and come into some money or something. They want, you know, they want a piece of paper that says, "Look, this is the one person right now," or it could be multiple people right now. I don't like to see multiple people. I would rather see one person because you want one voice. I I say you want one quarterback to go back to the huddle mm -hmm. and talk to the team, and that's the family. Make the decision mm -hmm. and then come back and communicate exactly. with the doctor this administration, the staff of a hospital, or a, a, a long-term care facility. The whole goal of a healthcare private attorney is to name that one person. And you can have two alternates. If you want right. to follow the football metaphor, you want the quarterback, and you can have a couple of halfbacks standing back here to in the wings if you need them. I say but you, really want, you, you want, want some one. subs on the bench to yeah, come in and replace go. that quarterback, well, we can, okay? That's good. Because, that because if that quarterback gets sacked and taken out of the game, yes. right, for any reason, health care reasons, uh, you know, if it was a wife, heaven forbid, divorce, um, you mm -hmm. know, any other reason, um, mm -hmm. you know, taken out of the situation or an unable or unwilling to serve, then you have the next person in line on the mm -hmm. bench ready to come in and step in. Plus, yeah. by putting the going two, three deep, it's a document that doesn't just last you temporarily. It lasts you a lifetime. Yeah. Um, that's why, I mean, that's why I think it's important to have that yeah. document in place yeah. also. Both of these documents are living well, health care, private attorney. There's no time limit on them. And uh, they're good. And if you want to change them or tweak them over the course of time, we, we do that for folks. I want to say one thing really quickly. You know how the wheel and the living wheel get confused. Well, mm -hmm. the other document... It gets confused with the health care power of attorney. It's the general, general power durable power of attorney. And uh, we have a lot of people want to approach us wanting a health care power of attorney when really they want a power of attorney. And we say to them, we don't do that. that. That is a document about your property and your resources. And you need to see an attorney to get that taken care of. So the health care power of attorney. We continually have to redirect people on that. Health care power of attorney should be a separate document. I don't like to see them in the same document. That's just my preference. Mm -hmm. A separate document from your general durable power of attorney mm -hmm. so that the hospital or health care providers know this is for health care and this is the person making that decision. Mm -hmm. Also, a general durable power of attorney needs to be a separate document to handle personal business for someone. Mm -hmm. The legislature has separated those in the statute. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. 
some people may not want to appoint the same person over personal business as they do over healthcare decisions. <laughs> mm -hmm. They might not want the same person that is controlling the money to also have their hand on the plug. Okay, mm -hmm. I, they 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 may not. Most people do want the same yeah. person. A lot but of people want the same person, and I know our families that mm -hmm. would not be an issue. But there there are families. There must be families out there where that was an issue. Because one of the things that always interested me is why the legislature was so adamant about making the health care private attorney separate from the power of attorney so that the health care decision and the money decision are separated in, in two documents. And uh, so I figure there, there was reasons why they did that. Absolutely, absolutely. Human nature, I guess. And for the sister from Arizona. I talk about the sister from Arizona. Do you know the sister from Arizona? Well, and I've met I've met her relative. That's the nephew from New York. The nephew from New York. The cousin okay. from California. Okay. Uh, it could be the sister from Sanford. Sanford sister. Or the from brother Sanford. from Burlington. Okay. We've met all of them. And they fly in at they the are last a town minute. person. Mm -hmm. And and totally have a different point of view than the other family members that have been caring for say mom or dad for the last five years. Okay, mm -hmm. and who are making the health care decisions. But there's no health care power of attorney in place. So who are you supposed to listen to? Which sister do you value over the other? The one from Shelby, from Asheville, or the one from Arizona? I, I think mm -hmm. that you have a real problem there when sister flies in from Arizona or, or, or when families fight about the health care decisions. I mean, that's that's oh, the whole reason to resolve. You've opened the whole book here. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. It's very, very painful. The reason I tease about all those different cousins and sisters, it's very difficult to be a family member that's distant from the scene of what's going on. If you're a family member who's taken care of a loved one over time, been a part of the doctor visits, the office visits, and and been, a, been associated, how much time we got? Okay. And being associated with what's going on, you're really in the know. Now, I don't want to speak too personally, but I know this firsthand. I have a brother-in-law in New York, and we were here, and we had uh, uh, taken care of uh, parents here uh, in our home so that the whole, everything, we knew all the nuances and everything that was going on. But when he comes... He has to catch up, and if it didn't happen in our case, but if it happened in another case, which it happens all the time, this person not only has been kind of out in left field about what's going on for whatever reason that occurred, but if they come in at the time we're really having to get down to cases about making decisions, they feel like, oh, Lord, it's too soon to do that where everybody else has been dealing with it for weeks, maybe months, now they're just having to catch all that up in a hurry. It's just really difficult for them, and it's no picnic for us. It, those situations are some of the hardest ones we have because then the family gets at each other, and we can't make a decision, and we get stuck. And healthcare organizations are just like any organization. You don't want to run over the feelings or the wishes of people. Sure. And you don't want to incur a lot of risk. So sometimes those persons that we need to make a decision for with this kind of contention and arguing going on, they just linger. 
So there you have it, folks. National Healthcare Decisions Day coming up Thursday, April 14th, uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., multiple locations in Cleveland County to go to Brookdale Shelby, the hospital, Neal Senior Center, Summit Place Kings Mountain, Patrick Senior Center, and NC Cooperative Extension. Check for the facility or place offering those services to get the healthcare power of attorney and living will signed in your neighborhood. And, and Hayden? I'm here. Are we running out of time? We're running. We're running. But you know what? If you want to finish this up, I think we're going to end on a happy note, okay? I'll Thank you so much, quickly. Lynn, for being here today. I went, in, I went in yesterday to notarize uh, some signatures, and I stepped over Holly, and Tucker had climbed under the table, and I ended up having to use my little stamp because they couldn't speak, and they're uh, my four-legged clients, our newest four-legged clients, Holly and Tucker. And I don't know how, how much I can say about clients, so can you tell why Holly and Tucker well, were there? Well, I talked to Jennifer this morning, and she said uh, to speak rather freely about it, and uh, they're, they're, they're fine with that. We, we, uh, we have some clients, Rollover, uh, Rollover Pets, uh, who's a, a pet, uh, a Paul Powell provider, how about that, and, and provides pet foods and supplies, and they've formed a partnership with Winnie, uh, Winnie uh, Simmons, and, and and to form a company named Walkover, where they do in-home pet sitting and uh, dog walking, and they brought their dogs in yesterday, and I went ahead and had the dogs. Uh, we we inked the paws and had them sign the contracts too. So <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Uh, we have a pet friendly office. How about that? So, so you now have added to your um, your sign on the door. Uh, pet attorney or canine pet, attorney? Pet detective, yes. Pet pet attorney. But, so, yeah, so, I, I, so, yeah, and that brings the, up a point. We, do, we should do a show attorney. on pet trust, so, Hayden, one of these days. Yeah. Pet trust. Yeah, and special needs trust. There are a lot of things All like that, that that are interesting. So. Sure. Well, it's been fun, guys. Thank you, Hayden. Thank you, Hayden. Have thank fun you. at the beach. Thank you, Milton. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're welcome very much. All right. Hey, everybody, have a a great weekend out there. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. All right. Okay, great. That's going to wrap it up for today. That wraps it up. Perry makes me out of here. All right. We'll do that. Thanks. And we thank you for tuning in today to the Elder Law Report. We'll see you next Friday right here. Think your dream home is out of reach? Think again. At Silver Point Homes in Lincoln, they provide quality custom construction and the luxury amenities you want at an exceptional value. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or an empty nester looking... Life is busy, we all know. We put off planning till things get slow. Tomorrow's never promised today. Don't get too busy and let it all slip away. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. No planning or more complex. We can help when you're perplexed. If a loved one needs long-term care, we can help avoid some of the scare. Please don't wait till it's too.